All right. Thank you for getting to know some other people. Good work connecting. We're really glad you're all here. My name is Drew. I'm the pastor here at Hope Community Church in Columbia Heights. We are uh, thrilled that you're here. Uh, glad you made it. It's beautiful out. I heard it's getting humid, so it's really, it's really summer. Uh, we have a really quick family update. It's the end of our fiscal year here at Hope. So the, at the end of June is the end of our um, fiscal year. So we're just keeping our family updated here as we end. And we are a part of a location of Hope Community Church. So there's uh, one Hope Community Church, and there's right now three locations uh, throughout the Twin Cities in St. Paul and Minneapolis and here in Columbia Heights. Just so a quick update as we go. Uh, our year's ending here, and then all of our locations, our need is still 268. Actually, I just heard 265. Ooh, as we've been sitting here. Uh, an update. And then here at Hope's, we still, um, at Hope Heights, we're still uh, 11,000 uh, to get to our, our budget. So Again, just really pleased and encouraged by how generous all of you are and just want to keep you updated. If you're interested in giving one time or continuing to give reoccurring, you can go to our website at hopecc.com slash give or giving. I think multiple versions of the word give gets you to give uh, on there. Uh, when I think of stuff that's broken, I think of, uh, that kind of opens up, like funny things and then like I get sad about <laughs> brokenness. Uh, in life. Today we're going to kind of, that's going to be a little bit of the, the theme that's woven throughout our morning is brokenness. But one of the things I think about is the times that I've received broken things that I didn't break, but I bought. I don't know if anyone's ever received, like maybe bought something on Amazon and it was broken. That led me to, there's got to be some great stories about brokenness on Amazon. And there are. And I actually found some of my favorite reviews of items that did not work. So I want to share a few of these with you as we start thinking about maybe things not working the way they're supposed to work. The first one here uh, is a UFO detector. And it didn't work, friends. One star for the UFO detector. They said, I don't know if this is a scam or if mine was broken. It's probably a scam. But it doesn't work, and I'm still getting abducted by UFOs on a regular basis. Just so keep an eye out for that one. It probably was just not working. Those, are, those things are finicky, those UFO detectors. This one uh, might be my all-time favorite Amazon review. Uh, bed should not look like this. I ordered this when I was drunk because I thought it was a giant ice cream sandwich. <laughs> it's not. It's a bed. <laughs> not the $150 ice cream sandwich I wanted. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> I mean, it stinks, right? What a good lesson, though. What a great natural consequence to drinking too much and then purchasing this giant ice cream sandwich. <laughs> Can you imagine the days going up to that? This person was telling their friends, you won't believe what's coming in the mail. I don't know how they're going to ship it. There must be like dry ice involved, and how are we going to all eat it? And then, I, then I, I'm interested because another thing that gets a lot of reviews and not very good reviews uh, is... The Bible. People review the Bible on. Sometimes just the actual version, like how nice the paper was and the cover. This one, uh, this one starts, right? So I actually found a bunch of Bible reviews that I just want to share with us. I think it'll be helpful for us to see these. Uh, this one just starts with a decent sophomore effort. This person goes on to explain uh, how the, the New Testament was as if God had like put another album out and it wasn't as good. Um, here's a few, though. These are actual like one-star Bible reviews, uh, reasons people did not love it. It's too preachy. 
almost preachy in tone. <laughs> Understandable? Understandable? More fights. There aren't enough good fights. I'm not, they must not have read enough. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of fights in the Bible. Not enough for this person. D- different expectations. Confusion. One of, the, one of the most disjointed novels I've read in a long time. I think if you read it as a novel, it would be quite confusing and not make sense. Again, going into it, maybe thinking it's something else. Not. Not what I was expecting. It's just an honest review. I got this thing. It's not at all what I was expected. This one's nice. Too large to handle. I didn't realize how big the book was. A lot of information I didn't need. <laughs> Ever felt that? The more I read these, I'm like, oh, I've, I remember, I've had that moment. There's plenty of information here. I don't think I needed all of this. A couple more here. Just not good. I was very disappointed. It was made in China. I believe this is referring to the actual printed thing they got and not like the entire Bible was just made in China. A few more here. Hate it. I'm switching religions. Wow. Wow, I think some of these maybe are just joking. This last one, though, too large to handle. Very boring, wouldn't read it again, kind of dragged on. I was really waiting for the Jesus to die part, but it was kind of anticlimactic. A lot of family history that I can't keep up with. Lots of plot holes. This book is a mess. What a review, huh, of the Bible. I, these are funny. They're fun to like see. And I'm sure some of these are really just, you know, anyone can review anything. So uh, they're just people also, I think, being funny. Or uh, if you get into it, there's some really really uh, intense, like apologetic debate that happens in the, in the review section on Amazon. I don't know if it's the best place to like prove or disprove the Bible. Um, but th- this is funny, but also there's part of it, right, that I, f- I felt. I think there's a brokenness sometimes as I'm reading my Bible and I think, I, this is messy. I don't understand this. What's going on here? I might even get stuck on like a phrase and I go, how, what is this supposed to mean? And and I want to read a whole bunch of things about that thing. I can feel like I don't even know the plot of this. Am I supposed to read this all like one big novel? Is it supposed to be this big? It feels like we talk about Jesus a lot, but there's a lot of other stuff in it. What am I supposed to take from this and know from this? And this is why we decided this summer, uh, partially to do a series that we're calling the story of the Bible in 15 verses. It's, um, it, it's uh, inspired by this book, called the whole story of the Bible in 16 verses. We were, we, uh, were inspired by the title, as you can see. Um, it's really what it is, is this book's been encouraging to me because it is short, almost like a devotional, and it just goes through 16 verses, moments in Scripture that help us tell the whole story of Scripture. And I think sometimes if we can zoom out and, and remember the whole story and, and why we have the story and what really the story encourages us with, we might not get so stuck in the small things or get stuck in where are we or what's going on. And so this is really the journey we're on this summer uh, to travel through some major points, some major milestones in Scripture to just get, get, again, like the whole view and just be encouraged by the story of Scripture and this good news, this gospel that we have in it. We did make a PDF if you're interested. Um, our, our web guru made a, an, its own little page hopecc.com slash 16 verses. Um, if, you, if you want the PDF, it has all the verses we're going through along with this kind of m- major story, this one paragraph that tells the story of scripture. And that's been helpful for me even just to, to read through this and um, remember kind of the big arc of the story and not get lost 
in one part or the other because I might not think there's enough fights if I'm only reading one part. And uh, there's plenty of, plenty of fights. So our hope here, again, um, last week we, we, we kind of teed this all up, but just that we don't get stuck in the middle. We don't just start like in the middle of the story, the end of the story, or just watching 10 minutes of it and not knowing what really happened in the whole thing and kind of missing the point. We're asking a couple really big questions as we go through this. What this book, uh, what the book, what scripture tells us about God, who his character is, what kind of relationships he has, his motives. What does this tell us about who we are, our own identities, our purposes? And it also tells even how does this point us to Jesus? How does it encourage us to, to see it and be pointed to the one who brings good news, the one who is good news, and not get lost and walk away with maybe more law, more rules to follow, but actually a person to continue to cling to. So that's really our hope. Uh, last week we started the story. The story started, God created a kingdom, and he is king. He made human beings to represent him in that kingdom. We started with creation, which moved, ooh, you see that? I'm very proud of that. Right, just one more time. <laughs> it took me too long to figure out how to do that. Creation, uh, where God made things, he's king to human beings that he made people. Now, he's not just him in creation, but he made human beings that get to represent him, that we get to be these lights, these image bearers that actually are flesh and blood that people get to experience and see a little taste of who God is through his people who then gets a point, um, we get to point others to him. And today we get to the part uh, that is uh, a breaking of things, a brokenness. Today we get to the fall and understand that that didn't work out like we had hoped and things fall. And today we're actually doing two stops like we did last week um, and we will get to redemption promised. It actually is a great two combo because at first you think, there's no hope. And then you go, wait, there is hope. And so I'm excited today to get into this together. Okay, so here we go. Our story continues. God created a kingdom and he is king, but he made human beings to represent himself in that kingdom. It's last where we were last week. Here we go for this week. Adam and Eve rejected this call, which led to sin and death. This is when like the music starts, it gets a little eerie and you go, oh no. And this is, I think, why we feel brokenness. So let's zoom in. What happened here? Here's zooming way into the passage here in Genesis. When the women saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So if you're unfamiliar with this story, God creates all things and he creates these people to represent himself and they're there with God and they're caring for and stewarding all things. They're helping things grow and multiply, not just themselves and their family, but all things. And God says, I don't want you to eat from this tree. And then this serpent comes and says, are you sure that's what God wants? Are you sure God wants that for you? Did he really say that? And this this thing starts that we see over and over and over in our lives and have since this moment, this moment where sin creeps in and we doubt who God is and maybe what he is or what he's promised, maybe even think maybe we can do it without him. And so in that moment, Eve takes this fruit from this tree that looks good for food and it's pleasing to her eye. And she, and she thinks, this is gonna give me wisdom. And she eats it. 
And her husband eats it. Her, her, even Adam, take and eat it, and their eyes become open, and they realize they're naked. They go from having no shame to now there's shame. There's brokenness. There's disobedience. There's sin. They sew together fig leaves to cover themselves. Before this, it said they were naked and unashamed, and now they have to cover themselves. Sin has entered the world, and with it, we hear death also has entered the world. And in fact, because of this curse, God's people have had to move out of this garden and this relationship where they're with God in this garden. It's incredible. It's taking care of things is, is messed up, is broken. The feeling that I have from this uh, reminds me of a moment I had when I was uh, my first year in college. It was the only year I got to live in dorms. Here's a picture if you Google dorm room. This is the most appropriate picture I could find <laughs> Some weird, a lot of posters that are not church appropriate when there's pictures of dorm rooms. Uh, but I remember because there's a moment my friend called me on the phone. We both had grown up in the same high school and we were at the same college. And so she's one of the only people I knew and I was one of the only people she knew that first weeks at school. And she called me on my actual like phone. They used to be like attached to a wall and you would have to be in a room. And she calls my phone and it sounds like muffled and sad. There's tears. It's just, can you come and hang out with me? I've just had a terrible day. I thought, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I walked to her dorm and walked to her dorm room. Um, the door was already open, and I walked in her room. It looked a lot like just a dorm room, and there's a futon, and she's not there. I said, oh. So like, oh, I guess I'll just wait here. So I sit down, and I hear like whimpering, crying. I say, Where, are you in here? And then I just hear the phrase, it's all hopeless. It's all done. It's all over. I'm never coming out. And I realize someone's under the futon I'm sitting on. <laughs> and she kind of pokes her head out. And uh, she had, in orientation, there, there was a guy that she hung out with a lot. And she was sure that this was like the one. Uh, I don't know how much they ever actually talked, but they hung out. <laughs> And she finally, they finally talked and he didn't feel the same way. Have you ever been in that moment? There's a broken moment of just broken heart and she was just devastated. She was sure this guy liked her and all the emotions of the first weeks of school and away from home and all these things at one moment. And she just said, it's hopeless. I'm never coming out of here. She was embarrassed. And so we got her out of the futon and had a chat and had a chat I think I, we've all had many, many times with many friends on some level, right, it feels hopeless. It feels broken. Relationships aren't working. Maybe as you've gotten older, my body is not working like it should. There's tragedy all around me. And so this stop in the story of the fall is so important to understand because we all experience this at large, large levels of tragedy that we see around us, terrible things that we see over and over, You'd go like, this is just wrong. This is messed up. I'd say very small moments that we get all the time. Maybe even this morning you felt a little brokenness as you gathered your family or you just had to get yourself out of bed. I spent the afternoon uh, power washing my deck and I woke up feeling a little broke. Uh, my shoulder's weird. And I'm like, can I admit that that's because I was power washing a deck? It should be something like cooler. It's just stuff isn't working. There's this brokenness as we've turned from God. Since our great, 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 great grandparents turned from God, 
believing the lies of the serpent. I think uh, recently I had a conversation with some friends about this. I said, why do you, why do you think we don't believe God is good? In the beginning of the story, right, God is this good king who's created very good things. And for me, in my experience, often that's the turning point for me when I start not wanting to, to follow God or not even believing he's good. I, I see the brokenness around me and I say, I, I don't know if you're good. He maybe is the first and easiest one to blame. And often that's, I, I'm seeing image bearers not bearing his image. I see in scripture even call, sometimes we're called sons and daughters of Satan, which seems very strong, but understandable when you think, oh, we are believing him. He's kind of become a, a parental person in our life. We're believing his words, this person who's against God and his lies. And so we start doing those things and we start seeing brokenness over and over. Children of sin instead of people of God. And so we see these terrible things. We hear stories of hurt and evil and brokenness. And we know this just isn't right. And sometimes for me, I say, God isn't good then. He must not be able to fix this. He must not be able to care enough. He can't do better than this. And I start believing maybe I can do better than this. It like is this terrible cycle where I start feeling the brokenness and I should turn to the one who fixes the brokenness and instead I turn to the one who continues to bring brokenness. I think a lot of times this is because we miss the whole story. I can just think this is the story. There's many days this feels like this is the story. The story is I woke up and everything was broken and it's never gonna be fixed and I wanna climb under a futon and call a friend and just mourn that it's all hopeless. Thankfully, we have a God who doesn't leave us here. This isn't the story. This is one of those moments that we have to see the whole story or we're gonna think the fall is the only chapter in the book. And so the story continues. God created a kingdom and he is king, but he made human beings to, to represent him in that kingdom. Adam and Eve rejected this call, which led to sin and death. That's not the end though. But God promised to defeat the serpent through the seed of the woman. The story continues. God uh, explains this curse and how it's cursed the serpent and it's cursed the man and the woman. And he also says, there's hope. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He's talking to the serpent. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. It's a weird verse. If you were just reading, you go like, well, that's a, you're going to strike his heel, but he's going to crush your head. In, in theology, sometimes we call this as like a, the first gospel, the first good news that's proclaimed. It's saying, yeah, you, you got one here. You, you struck the heel of people here. But one day, one day there'll be one who will strike your head. You can strike a heel, right? You can hurt and wound someone, even make it hard to walk, really hard to walk. But if you crush a head, it's over. And so even in this story, we know how the story goes, right? We're in a cool moment in time and history that we kind of know. And hopefully you're already feeling right now, you're like, but Drew, talk about Jesus. That's what he's talking about. But think of the story of people now for a long, long time, this continues where the heel continues to get struck and people keep hoping for the one who's gonna crush this head of sin and death. In fact, even Adam and Eve have a son 
And their hope maybe even in that is like, okay, I'm the woman, I'm gonna have this one who's gonna crush the serpent's head. I'm gonna put an end to this brokenness. And Eve has a son. And you know what happens with his son? His son actually crushes the head of his brother. What an image. Those parents think, okay, this has got to end. Let's have these kids, and our kids will be the ones who turn back to God. And in fact, our son becomes one who crushes not the serpent, but crushes his own family. And that just keeps going. That just keeps happening. It doesn't stop. This seed of Satan continues to control and destroy through sin and death. It's just this family story of God's people over and over and over, becoming selfish, turning from God, choosing themselves, maybe even believing they're God. And it, and it continues to be broken. But there's a hope, right? There's this promised redemption that would happen. This is where it's so important for us not to just think, what is this story about God and us? But know that the story continues, right? This story has started and we're gonna get to hear about Abraham and Judah and the Passover. But the story continues to a moment that I wanna share with you that gives great hope and a great reminder today for us to see the whole story and not just the part of the story. Because even if we just stopped at a promised redemption, you go like, that's cool, but uh, my shoulder still hurts. I still gotta watch the news and or listen or (laughs) read it and go, what is going on? But the story has this moment that's pretty powerful and it's really powerful through this image. I don't know if you've seen this. This is one of my like maybe all-time favorite uh, depictions of scripture. There's so much that's told in this story and our story winds throughout history of many hundreds and thousands of years of people continuing this same cycle of sin and death and the story changes in this moment. An interaction between women. This picture depicts Eve meeting with Mary, Jesus's mother. Why is this important? Let's, let's, let's hear a little of this story. This woman named Mary is uh, approached by an angel. We call this Christmas. We celebrate this at Christmas. And the angel says to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he'll be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. You even heard some names that we're going to get to in the story, right? Jacob and David. An angel comes to Mary and says, don't be afraid. You're you're about to give birth. Someone's going to come from you whose kingdom will never end. You're about to give birth to the snake crusher. You're the one who's going to do this. And Mary goes excited to her cousin, Elizabeth. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. Elizabeth actually is pregnant at this point with John the Baptist. So we're going to get to hear also later in the story, a cousin of Jesus who's going to tell everyone, He's here. The one is here that we've been waiting for. The seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent as he has bruised our heels over and over. And so he meets Elizabeth. Her her baby jumps. John the Baptist is already excited about his cousin. 
Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to hear this phrase. And she explained with a loud cry. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. I, I have not until this week read that phrase and remembered it. I was reading uh, our story, and I was reading about the fruit, and I was like, wonder where else that like, phrase fruit is? Or even what, you know, as soon as you get into it, it's like it wasn't an apple, and then there's like heated debates over what type of fruit it is. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's the point. And then I was like, where else? Where else we seeing fruit? And there's fruit of spirit and there's fruit. And then this passage comes up. This moment, these, these two women are, are sitting there together and there's great joy because the one who's going to rescue us is, is in your womb, Mary. And Elizabeth says this phrase, blessed is the fruit of your womb. Do you see how she's saying so much in that one little phrase? In that one word even, She's saying, in you is fruit that will bring life. Because we've been living a long time under brokenness that came from fruit that brought death. Remember the fruit in that moment? Not the fruit, but the, the action of that, the turning from God has brought brokenness. And Mary, your fruit is about to bring redemption and peace and joy it's going to change everything. Isn't that incredible? In fact, my, my, I was reading the NIV version of the Bible. It doesn't say fruit. I think it just says blessed is the one in your womb or something. And I thought, oh, that's wild. That word is incredible reading this here, this fruit. And so we see this picture. This picture means a lot. This is Mary meeting. Now, this didn't really happen. I mean, in heaven, probably, but <laughs> it's just a depiction. It says so much. This is Mary meeting with Eve. Look at Eve's face. She's like, I'm so sorry. We brought about this brokenness. And you see Mary? She's like consoling her. No, no, no. She takes her hand, puts it on her belly. No, there's another, there's fruit here. It's going to change everything. It's going to redeem all things. Incredible. And the, the best part of this picture is not in the fruit, but is in the bottom. If you can't see it, is this. Is this not awesome? Mary, it's like subtle. She doesn't, it's like a no-look head crush. She doesn't even, doesn't even know. The snake slithers up to bite her heel, and she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't know what you're dealing with here. Crushing the head of the snake. There's actually an image of this, uh, the statue at Immaculate Conception. Here in town, there's a statue. Uh, our, we were at a, like the, they have a big um, concert thing there every summer. It's really fun. There's always cover bands. And our daughters went there and it was getting a little loud. So we were walking around Immaculate Conception. There's this cool statue and our girls were like, what's this cool lady? And we're talking. It's a statue of Mary. And I've never seen it before. I've been there multiple times. On the bottom of the statue, this, there's this little stone snake and she's crushing it. You're like, oh, look at that. The gospel in the one little image. The good news that Christ will come and that he has come and he's crushed the head in that he, this snake that's been continuing to bruise heels and bring brokenness and pain has been taken care of. Actually, one day will be crushed and done. It's really good news. And that's good news, not just because it's going to happen, but because I didn't do it. It's a good news because it reminds me that our God is still good and he's still king. If you're wondering if God is good, 
He doesn't leave us. He doesn't say over and over and over your family turns from me. Over and over and over you continue to crush each other. He doesn't stop. He pursues us and pursues us to the point of sending his son who does the hard work of dying on a cross and raising from the dead and making sin and death no longer our master so that we could be called children of God and not sons and daughters of Satan. That God has come to fix things. A God who cares for us and has a plan for us. Blessed is the fruit of her womb, Jesus, who brings life, who will fulfill the promise, has fulfilled the promise, and will come back and finally crush that snake. That's really good news. Can you imagine if you didn't know that whole story? If you didn't know the whole story, you might just be stuck in this is all broke. It's hopeless. We might not ever come out from our futons. We just hide there forever. Or maybe we come out and we just say, God, how could you do this over and over to us, not knowing that we're the ones bringing brokenness or not knowing that Jesus is the one. This is why we gather to worship Jesus, why we say the name Jesus a lot. He's the one who's come to crush this snake. I heard a story this week. Um, I was watching this great documentary. Actually, I'll send it out this week in our weekly update that we send out. Uh, A documentary just came out uh, that's the history of Juneteenth. So next week is Juneteenth. We actually just celebrate it together on Sunday. Um, it's the history of the, uh, Juneteenth is the day that the last enslaved people in Texas after the Civil War here in America heard that they were emancipated. It's this great um, film that was made. It's called Juneteenth, Faith and Freedom. Uh, and it was produced by uh, uh, Rasul Berry, who's a pastor who just, I really encourage you to, to check out. But in it, one of the things that stuck out was uh, they said one of the ways they kept um, slave owners, kept slaves in the dark, and why, he, he asked the question, and he says, why, why these, these people had this great faith, like loved Jesus and just clung to God. Why didn't scripture, like, them reading scripture encourage them to, to want to be free? Well, how did it keep them? So they used scripture to, to keep them enslaved, and one of the ways they did it was they took out all the passages about people being freed. He said, well, that must be a lot. And he's like, yeah, like whole books, like the book of Exodus, not in their Bible. So they'd create a Bible to give to enslaved people and say, hey, here, you can have a Bible. Here it is. They took out all the passages so they wouldn't be kind of inspired or know that part of their story as a follower of Jesus is that you are a free person. But there's story after story. This is one of the main themes, one of the main stories of our people. And so I couldn't help think, if you don't get the whole story, you don't understand the whole story. You don't get the whole good news. It's kind of okay news. I think not, hopefully, to that extent for us, but how powerful is it to hear the whole story, know the whole story, friends? And so that's our hope today, that we can be encouraged people remembering the whole story, that there is brokenness, but blessed be the fruit, Christ who comes and puts an end. And today, as we, as we nurse our hurt shoulders and uh, see tragedy in the news and we're in broken relationships with people, we can continue to cling to Jesus and not just cling to how, how we can work it out and continue to run to a God who continues to pursue us. So as we, as we wrap up here, I'm gonna call the, bring the worship team up so we can worship Jesus together. Just a reminder of this great story that we're a part of that we're just kind of starting here for our summer. God created a kingdom and he is king 
but he made human beings to represent him in that kingdom. Adam and Eve rejected this call, which led to sin and death. But God promised to defeat the serpent through the seed of woman. From creation to human beings to the fall to redemption promised. I can't wait. Next week, we get to see Abraham. Maybe we'll even sing a song. Anyone else hear the name Abraham and start singing? Father Abraham. <laughs> Are we singing that today, Josh? I can figure it out. No, please, you don't have to. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> Someone just said, praise God. I don't want to sing that song. Next week we can hear how Abraham, how Abraham fits in this story. Where is that? Why is that there? And, and how he points us to Jesus. I'm excited for that. That's a great, great story. A couple things to consider here. We take some time now to reflect on the gospel, to let it kind of sink in and marinate. And so there's a time for us to sing. We'll be singing some songs together. There's a time to pray. There'll be people in the back of the room, if you like, on both sides. If you're interested and you just want prayer, they would love to pray for you. In any way, even if you just walk up, they'll pray for you. If you don't say anything, you just say, pray, um, or just give them the look. Um, Or if there's specific things, they'll pray for you. Also, we take communion. Communion is a time in our service that we remember Christ's death and resurrection. It's such an important thing that our whole service builds to this moment to remember this incredible thing Christ did to rescue us, to crush that serpent's head. So we do that out in the hallway because we're not supposed to have food or drink uh, in, the, in the room here. So if you go out into the hallway, there's two tables with um, wafers and juice. And I encourage you to, to do that or maybe even do that with friends to, to pray together and remember what Christ has done. A few things just to consider as you reflect on the gospel. Do you know Jesus has come to put an end to the seed of the serpent? Maybe that's just that's a story you might just need to remember this week. Do you know he has come to take care of this? We're not just left alone. Where do you feel the work of Satan, brokenness or sin in your life? It's so good just to confess that and talk about that. Where are you feeling that? Who reminds you that God doesn't leave us and has promised redemption? Do you have, do you have those people? If you don't, we would love to be those people. Who are those people who, maybe they even need to know that they're those people so they can continue to remind you. And who do you know who needs to know Jesus has and will crush sin and death? You're gonna meet someone today. They might be sitting right next to you that just needs a reminder this week. This isn't it. This this isn't it. He's coming to crush evil and darkness and sin and death. He's made a way for us. Let me pray and we'll continue to worship together. Lord, thank you for your goodness, your kindness towards us, your patience and faithfulness, that you are good. I pray you just even, just help our hearts to know that truth, that our hearts would believe and our heads would believe that you are good. And out of that, we would be people who wanna worship you. We wanna come to you. We wanna praise your name as we sing that those words would be true to us. And maybe if they aren't true that us or even our neighbors singing those words would, would soothe our hearts, would be a balm to our hearts and our hurt and our brokenness. Thank you that we come to you broken, messed up with a lot of plot holes and, and you love us and you bring us in. Thank you that you do the work to make things right. Oh, we are thankful for you. I pray now as we sing as we worship, as we take communion together, that we'd be reminded of those good things. We'd leave filled so that we could be people who would overflow that good news to others. Pray this in your great name. Amen.